Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. With us on this episode is Shakia Webb, the Small Business Capital Access Program Officer for Entrepreneurship at the Ewing Marion Kaufman Foundation. Welcome, Shakia. Thank you, Kelly. Shakia, in your role at the Kaufman Foundation, you manage grants that are designed to address some of the systemic inequities that impede entrepreneurs' access to capital. What are some of the challenges that you can speak to that entrepreneurs face in accessing capital? Specifically, Black and Brown entrepreneurs and women entrepreneurs, and you'll hear the phrase BIPOC-owned businesses, essentially just due to whether it be systemic challenges that are at place preventing them to access. And oftentimes what ends up happening is they're either using, you know, income from their salary, income from their savings. Sometimes they might be able to get access from family or friends. But when you talk about specifically having access to financing, oftentimes 83% of firms struggle with getting that first starter finance um, that they need to start their business. When you talk about those systemic inequities, are there some in particular that you can name? Oftentimes, it could just be just that generational wealth, right? So when you think about access and financing, and particularly if you're doing a business loan, you're usually required to put down a percentage. And so if you don't inherently you know, have wealth or have access, to that equity, then you already are kind of, for starters, you know, setting out to, you know, to face some challenges as it relates to starting your business. And so oftentimes, you know, they are slow to start, you know, meaning they may start at home because again, they have a nine to five and they're using their salary income to start some of those businesses. Or they may not have a home that they can pledge against a loan for example. Exactly. So then that will fall under the example of having collateral. That's that's exactly another challenge that small business entrepreneurs face is just not having the collateral that it would take to, to access financing as well. Your background has given you such a broad perspective of the capital landscape, especially for entrepreneurs. It's a very, very well-rounded background. For example, you spent many years yourself in banking. And while you were there, you originated commercial real estate loans for small businesses. And some of the other things you did was to help entrepreneurs find financial solutions. And in addition to that, you've spent quite a bit of time serving on uh, the boards of organizations or being a member of organizations that are community-focused, business-focused, entrepreneur focused. And and so with that in mind, how do you personally put all of that firsthand experience that you bring to this position, how do you bring that to work for entrepreneurs? Yeah, Kelly, I mean, I think you said it just kind of in the beginning of the question that you asked me is really about closing those gaps. So whether it be closing the gaps to access to resources, um, closing the gaps to professional services, you know, that entrepreneurs may need to rather be start, grow, or sustain their business. But it also, too, getting access to equity, you know, because again, as we talked about in that previous question, oftentimes that is something that um, entrepreneurs face firsthand is that they just don't have the equity to start um, the business. And then also, again, once maybe they get to a point of where they did get the education that they're needing, they did, you know, get connected with some professional resources. 
it's oftentimes too that they just still don't have that cash or don't have that collateral to start the business. So for me, it's just about identifying what those challenges are. Um, it also may too be that they don't even have access to a lender, you know, because really one of the things about having a business relationship and, and, and getting access to these things is really having a relationship with your banker. That is really important also. Meeting the entrepreneur where they're at. So I think a lender needs to be able to identify that. You know, what are the needs for the entrepreneur? Meeting them where they are and then getting them connected. So I would say in my role as a lender, I was very observant in that. Kind of identify, you know, what it is that the entrepreneur needed and then connecting them with that resource. Exactly. And part of that, too, would be helping the entrepreneur know where they need to shore up before they even have a conversation with a lender. What do I need to get in place? Maybe there's some systems I need to get in place. Maybe there's some some gaps on my balance sheet I need to take care of. Things like that. They address them now that it will increase their chances of success when it comes time to talk with a lender. Absolutely. You know, you hit it right on. It is really just educating the bars, but also too, because there's a lot of programs out here, right, in the Kansas City ecosystem that helps businesses, you know, grow, establish, develop, maintain, et cetera. But also too, it's really important is that it's coming from a lens of a lender, meaning, you know, what is it that the banks are looking for, you know, so they're able to help guide those entrepreneurs on what those next steps should be. Exactly. It's not a simple exercise to address these barriers. It's very complex. And because it's complex, it requires a multi-tiered approach. What are some of the elements involved in that approach? Yeah, I mean, I would say, again, you know, what I, what I just kind of mentioned, established with building relationships, right? So identifying your chambers, identifying any type of entrepreneurship support organizations, any technical assistance providers, really just get to know the small business community and ecosystem. I say that that's important because no matter where the entrepreneur enters into this ecosystem, you know, whether it be with the lender, whether it be with entrepreneurship support organization, wherever it is, someone should be able to identify, you know, where they are, what their needs are, and then connecting them with those next steps. What's it going to take to overcome these systemic barriers over and above what an entrepreneur does or an advocate such as yourself does? Well, you know, when you ask me what is it going to take, I I really think it's going to take an approach that's just not uh, one facing. So in other words, you can't just provide financial education, right? You can't just provide equity. I think they sometimes both go hand in hand. I think if we educate entrepreneurs on, one, what does it take to develop, maintain, manage a successful business? But on the flip side of that, again, if you're seeking financing, you know, what does that look like? You know, what is the bank looking for? Why are they looking for those specific, you know, things and in, in, in that criteria? And I think combining the two we are definitely setting the entrepreneurs up for success opposed to, I think, setting them up to fail or just putting them at a disadvantage, you know? And again, I also think, you know, once they have been connected, you know, with some of those professional services that they shouldn't go away. So in other words, if you have a membership with the chamber or if you're linked to one of these entrepreneurship support organizations out there, not just about, you know, going through that program, you know, that one time, it's really about maintaining that relationship Uh, Because as businesses grow, you know, you're going to need new services or maybe different services. 
And it's good to have those professionals still in your life and you still maintain those relationships. So you know what it takes to go to that next level based off of, you know, where you are in your business. Exactly. And those relationships are important on another level, too. A lot of those organizations have an alumni group. Once you complete the program, you can still get together with the other business owners, the other entrepreneurs who went through it with you, and you can learn from your fellow business owners, you can gain insights from them as they grow. You can, you know, call them up or have coffee with them to bounce ideas off of them. And and so there's on many different levels, those relationships are critical. You are absolutely right. Not even just with the professionals, but with your peers. You know, peers can be mentors, individuals who may be in the same industry as you identify them, you know, because you can definitely help each other, learn from each other and staying in contact and kind of bouncing, you know, brainstorming and bouncing ideas off one another. All of those things can be beneficial to to an entrepreneur. So we've talked about uh, these resource organizations, how vital they are to the ecosystem, to helping get access to relationships, get access to funding and to other kinds of resources. You have a variety of grant programs, which you're right in the center of, uh, that's where you operate, available to support entrepreneurs through these business development organizations. So describe the scope of the grant program that you're involved with. A lot of the grants that I am uh, managing, one would be to direct capitalization to CDFIs. You know, we did a grant last year um, to OPCAP. You know, we understand that while um, entrepreneurs should definitely have access and equitable access to traditional financing, but an alternative to that would be CDFIs. CDFI is a community development financial institution. So um, just like any traditional uh, lending, you know, obviously they will have a criteria you know, that an entrepreneur would need to go through to be qualified to get a loan. Typically speaking, again, I cannot speak directly on behalf of a CDFI because I myself am not a associate of one, nor do I run one. But what I will say is based off of if you have maybe some challenges, you know, with access to collateral or even access to maybe like, you know, your down payment, they may have a little bit more flexibility um, just due to how they are naturally regulated. So someone who might be starting a business or maybe need what would be called more of a micro loan would be able to access financing through alternative lending. So Altcap that you just mentioned is a CDFI. Correct. So, So what are some of the other programs that you're involved with? Yeah, so we have done actually another direct capitalization to another CDFI. We have also worked with another organization who is putting together a inclusive lenders training, which essentially will address any type of cultural competencies as well as any biases or systemic racism as it relates to traditional lending. We should expect to see that program and curriculum be, be developed more so maybe third quarter or so this year, I think they may be ready. But again, we did a grant to them last year. So essentially in my role, what I'm trying to do is just identify, you know, what are the challenges? What are what are the gaps as it relates to access to capital? And, you know, we are working on, you know, whether it be programming or initiatives that would address that. 
Kelly, to answer your question about some of the Kauffman programs, one, we just recently announced eight new grantees in our 2022 Heartland Challenge. You know, this RFP invests in programs, projects, and initiatives that help develop a community that supports entrepreneurship and particularly, as we mentioned before, and we talked about this already, just in underserved and underrepresented communities. But instead of just here in the KC Metro, this will be focused on our meat states, which is Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, and Kansas. So that's Heartland. It's regional, just as the name implies. I want to go back to you now. Through the lens of all of these experiences that you've had, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs who have been challenged in trying to secure funding? Your advice. Do not underestimate relationships. To do your research, again, but as I mentioned earlier, along with some of those other organizations that are designed to hold uh, entrepreneurs' hands. So again, you talk about, you know, your chambers, your entrepreneurship support organizations, which you may hear them be called ESO, ESO, as well as your technical assistance providers. You know, all of those individuals are in place to help the bar move through or navigate through, you know, being an entrepreneur. You know, the entrepreneur is the expert in whatever it is that they do, whether it's a service that they provide or a product that they make, they're an expert in that, right? And so then they, they are relying on those professionals around them to help guide them and prepare them so they can be ready for financing whenever that time comes for them to either, you know, grow or, or expand their business. Exactly. And I think your advice when working with a bank like Country Club Bank, for example, is to get to know the people at the bank before you have an urgent need. When you can't make the payroll, that's the wrong time to be trying to establish a banking relationship. Absolutely. That would be my advice. You know, whenever you first get the idea in your head that you're going to start a business, right away, my advice is to establish that relationship, you know, with your banker, because I would imagine you have set your finances separately, right? So not operating out of your personal account, but starting a business account. And on that onset, start to build a relationship, you know, with that banker, because maybe that day you don't need access to financing, but, you know, maybe you do in three months or six months. And how much better would it be to be able to call someone up by name and say, hey, I'm ready for this next step. You know, can you tell me what my next step should be? My advice would be one, yes, establish that relationship and then also look for those key professionals, you know, that you need to have on your team, you know, because again, as I said, you know, the entrepreneur is the expert in whatever service they provide or whatever product that they make, you know, but look to those key financial professional service providers to assist you, you know, along the way, you know, whether that be someone that's helping you with your taxes, whether that be someone that is helping you, I don't know, business insurance with product development or business development or marketing, et cetera. You know, there's a lot of programs out there in the Kansas City metro area. Some are even free. Utilize those. Given all that we have talked about today and given the amount of investment that the Kauffman Foundation does in the Kansas City area and increasingly for women and for BIPOC entrepreneurs, where do you see opportunity. Kansas City itself is just full of entrepreneurs and again, flourishing entrepreneurs. I mean, there's tons of opportunity here in Kansas City and businesses continue to be on the rise. Not only that, support organizations also too, you know, continue to be on the rise because of the need of to being able to address 
the start, you know, of all these businesses, right? Because no one organization can meet without the businesses starting in Kansas City. So my focus has always been on the level of impact. With the programs and initiatives that I work on here at Kaufman help bridge the gap. Um, it closes the gap of those inequities that entrepreneurs face as they try to access capital in relation to starting their business, growing their business, expanding their business. And by us targeting and assisting those types of entrepreneurs, it will uplift, it will continue to uplift not just the KC metro area, but, but our entire region as it relates to entrepreneurs. Absolutely. And then when they're ready for even more major growth, they will be perhaps in a better position to access that larger capital, whether it's VC, whether it's larger bank loans or whatever it may be. Absolutely. Going back to that, just, you know, meeting the entrepreneur where they're at. I think if we have an opportunity for every entrepreneur, no matter where they are, and we continue to keep our arms wrapped around them, there will be no way for them to slip through any cracks. So again, closing those gaps, by doing that, it, it will impact every entrepreneur and allowing every entrepreneur the opportunity to start, grow, or sustain a business. Shakia, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. The Kauffman Foundation, we're so fortunate to have it in the Kansas City community and really appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you for your time today to be our guest. Thank you, Kelly, so much for having me. It was a pleasure. This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thank you to Shakia Webb for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. Kansas City's entrepreneurial ecosystem drives economic vibrancy for our local communities by creating an environment in which new and growing companies can thrive. The nonprofit ESOs, or entrepreneurial support organizations, are a major part of the ecosystem. They work to provide entrepreneurs with access, tools, connections, and other resources entrepreneurs need to be successful. Fortunately for Kansas City, the Kauffman Foundation chooses to invest in our local entrepreneurial ecosystem, especially in the programs the ESOs offer. Many of these programs focus on issues surrounding capital access for entrepreneurs. We welcome the opportunity to sit down with our local entrepreneurs to discuss your funding needs. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're banking on you, Kansas City, Country Club Bank, member FDIC. 